Mysteries of God. That knowledge which is hidden from the world and only made available through revelation to the faithful. Much of such knowledge may be learned but is not to be taught. One will have to apply the process of learning the mysteries in one's life if he or she intends to learn the mysteries themselves. The scriptures tell us how to get the mysteries of God. Learning these mysteries is the fullness of Christ's gospel. There is a system by which men learn the mysteries of heaven and are saved. That system is set out in Alma 9, paragraph 7. First, angels are sent to prepare men and women. Second, they are allowed to behold the Lord's glory. Then they converse with the Lord, at which point they are taught the things that have been prepared from the foundation of the earth for their salvation. All of this is driven by the man or woman's faith, repentance, and holy works. Joseph Smith said, I advise all to go on to perfection and search deeper and deeper into the mysteries of godliness. As for myself, it has always been my province to dig up hidden mysteries, new things, for my hearers. This is the Book of Mormon theme. Search deeper and find God. Ask that you may know the mysteries of God. That is a commandment. Although given to Oliver Cowdery, it is a principle that is applicable to all of mankind, CTNC 3, paragraph 3. The claim that one should stay away from the mysteries of God is false. Refusing to follow the command to ask that you may know the mysteries of God denies the power of godliness and opposes the doctrine of salvation. Joseph Smith History Part 13, Paragraph 26, It is Antichrist. We make our own mysteries. We are not meant to be kept in darkness, and the mysteries of heaven will be unfolded to us as we make an effort to understand them. Christ said that the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven are understood only by those who have been initiated and given that understanding, see Matthew 7, paragraph 2. Mysteries can also be defined as solemn ceremonial ordinances or rituals which take place in a special setting. Mysteries, from the Greek, Mysterion, are confided only to the initiated and not to be communicated by them to ordinary mortals. Knowledge of the mysteries of godliness is obtained only through obedience to God. He ordained this method to make his greatest truths universally available to all his humble followers. If it were otherwise, men and women would all have to go to college to receive training for the ministry. Education is no real advantage in receiving light and truth from God. Humility is the only real, great advantage which any soul ever possesses. See TNC 159, paragraphs 31 to 32. Alma's teaching that it is given unto many to know the mysteries of God means what it says. Alma 9, paragraph 3. This is God's promise in every age. Even if only few men or women are willing to receive it, that does not cancel the promise. The principle involving limited disclosure of things received in personal revelation is explained by Alma. If you are incapable of obeying these requirements, then you cannot receive any new mystery by revelation. Heaven will not permit any soul to receive mysteries if they cannot resist revealing them unwisely to others. The constraint, that they may be learned, but cannot be taught, is enforced by withholding them from those who will not abide by this constraint. 
If you are one of those who cannot respect this limitation, then the process will not work for you. Joseph said, The reason we do not have the secrets of the Lord revealed unto us is because we do not keep them, but reveal them. We do not keep our own secrets, but reveal our difficulties to the world, even to our enemies, then how would we keep the secrets of the Lord? The mysteries of God are His hidden but simple truths. See also the glossary entry, unspeakable. Naked and afraid. The reaction of any who come into God's presence in their fallen state, see Mormon 4, paragraph 6. When Adam and Eve partook of the fruit and then Satan called their attention to the fact that they were naked, he was pointing out to them that they ought to be ashamed. Therefore, when they heard the voice of God speaking, they withdrew because of what the shame triggered within them, fear. They were ashamed to come into the presence of that being whom they knew to be just and holy, because now they were naked and afraid. Their nakedness before God came as a consequence of understanding the difference between what they were sinful, and what God was, perfect. Names of God in Scripture Names serve not only as identification but as identity. Aspects and attributes of identity are often emphasized by the name itself. Names are for identification, but they are more than that. Why is it necessary that all be done in the name of the Son? Like the other elements of ordinance, it is a means of communication. To receive a new name is to receive a new role or persona, to be identified with a particular situation or association. God's name is Hallowed, see Matthew 3, paragraph 29. Hallowed means respected, acknowledged, reverenced, its authority held in awe. See Beloved Enos, 126-127, for a discussion of names and titles. Some of the names of God used in Scripture are Abba, the Father, or more personally, my Father. Compare with Mark 7, paragraph 11, Galatians 1, paragraph 13, and Romans 1, paragraph 34. Adonai a divine name, translated Lord or Master. When a Hebrew reader came upon the unpronounceable tetragrammaton YHWH, Adonai was substituted as the pronunciation. It occurs in the Old Covenants 434 times. Amen. God the Father, CTNC 75, paragraphs 1-2, The Testimony of St. John. See also the glossary entry, Father Amen. Alpha and Omega. A name for Christ, as he said, I am Alpha and Omega, Christ the Lord, yea, even I am he, the beginning and the end. Joseph Smith History Part 17, Paragraph 2 and John 1, Paragraph 3. Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet, and Omega is the twenty-fourth or last letter. Christ. A title meaning anointed one. It is the anglicized form of the Greek word Christos. Christos. Which means Messiah. Jesus Christ is a name with a title as is Jesus the Anointed One or Jesus the Messiah. See also the glossary entry, Messiah. L translated as God, singular. Many biblical names combine L with other words, for example Mikael, who is like God. 
Samuel, name of God or God is heard. And Raphael, God is healer or God has healed. See also the glossary entry, L, the L Elian, the Most High God, God the Father. It occurs in the Old Covenants 28 times. El Olam, the Everlasting or Eternal God. El Shaddai, translated in the King James Version as Lord God Almighty. It occurs in the Old Covenants seven times. The term El Shaddai could be the earliest Hebrew name for deity and may mean God of the mountains or High God. The name could also mean a female destroyer or a nursing mother or even the guardian of the fields. Or all of them. The name has a feminine form. El, the plural, referring to many of the El. See also the glossary entry, El. Elohim. A plural Hebrew noun. Elohim. Usually translated as God. It occurs in the Old Covenants over 2,000 times. Rendered as the Greek Theos in the Septuagint. Those who inherit everlasting burnings are referred to as the Elohim. The image of God is both male and female. This is why the name title Elohim is plural. The End a name for Christ. As he said, I am Alpha and Omega, Christ the Lord, yea, even I am he, the beginning and the end, Joseph Smith History Part 17, Paragraph 2. Father Amen. God the Father. CTNC 75, Paragraphs 1-2 and the Testimony of St. John. See also the Glossary Entry, Amen. God of Hosts. Throughout Scripture the Father is described as the God of hosts. Seeing Him includes an accompanying host, a concourse of angels, a train, or similar reference to others with Him. He appears with the heavenly host because God has a family, including a spouse. There is no difference between the Father and His female consort, the one about whom so little is said. See also the glossary entry, Jehovah Sabaoth. Holy One of Israel. The Lord God Almighty, the true Messiah and Redeemer who has a covenant relationship with those faithful to Him, see 2 Nephi 1, paragraph 2. He is the keeper of the gate and employeth no servant there, 2 Nephi 6, paragraph 11. He is the one who keeps the gate, protects the way, and greets those along the way, see 2 Nephi 13, paragraphs 2-3. I am Jehovah identifies himself to Moses as I am, Exodus 2, paragraph 5. Jesus makes a connection with declarations of I am the Good Shepherd, John 6, paragraph 26, and before Abraham was, I am, John 6, paragraph 16. Emmanuel. Hebrew. Emmanuel. Literally means El, or God, with us. Jesus Christ is the L, singular, and was identified by name in Matthew 1, paragraph 5 and Isaiah 3, paragraph 4. Jehovah. The self-existing One, Eternal One, or Lord. It occurs about 6,400 times in the Old Covenants. It is also translated God. 
Jehovah is a Latinization of the Hebrew name Yahweh and became the prevalent word for the God of the Old Testament during the Protestant Reformation. There are a number of variations of Jehovah in Scripture, Jehovah Ra'ah, the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner, my altar. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Jehovah Tzidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide, the Lord sees. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Makadesh, the Lord who sanctifies, consecrates you. And, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. The first seven are sometimes referred to as the redemptive names of God. See also the glossary entries, Jehovah Sabaoth. God of hosts. Yahweh. Jehovah Sabaoth. The Lord of hosts. Jehovah and Elohim occur with Sabaoth over 285 times. Not to be confused with Sabbath, in Hebrew. Shabbat. Or Greek. Sabbaton. See also the glossary entry, God of hosts. Jesus. The English name of Jesus originates from the Latin form of the Greek name. Isho. Sigma. A rendering of the Hebrew Yeshua, Jehovah saves, and similar to the name Joshua. Jesus Christ. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, Acts 2, paragraph 5. And moreover, I say unto you that there shall be no other name given, nor any other way nor means, whereby salvation can come unto the children of men, only in and through the name of Christ the Lord Omnipotent, Mosiah 1, paragraph 16. Lamb of God during the first Passover, the Israelites marked their doorposts with the blood of a slain lamb as a sign to save them from destruction. Jews would later ritually sacrifice an unblemished lamb on the eve of Passover. Christ is the Lamb of God, the Paschal or Passover lamb as described by Paul, see 1 Corinthians 1, paragraph 19, and provided by the Father as a witness and as the literal symbol of the atoning sacrifice of the Son. The Greek word for martyr is martis, or witness. The righteous is lifted up and the lamb is slain from the foundation of the world, Genesis 4, paragraph 19. It is through the blood of the lamb that one is made spotless. See Mormon 4, paragraph 6. The Lamb of God is the Son of the Eternal Father and the Savior of the world. 1 Nephi 3, paragraph 24. See also the glossary entry, Church of the Lamb. Lord. Adonai, as well as Yahweh, was translated in the Septuagint as. Kyrios. The Lord. The Lord became synonymous with Jehovah. The Lord is the most common title for Jesus in the New Covenants. Lord God Almighty. These are three names used for God. Together, it is a threefold assertion of divine authority. Lord refers to the Savior as guide. God refers to divine right and authority. Almighty refers to the irrevocable nature of the word used by God. Man of Holiness God the Father, see Genesis 4, paragraph 9.
Messiah, a title meaning the Anointed One, from the Hebrew. Mashiach. See also the glossary entry, Christ. Only begotten of the Father. The singular reference to Jesus Christ as the sacrificial Son offering from the Father. Pater. Father as begetter, progenitor, creator, as in an intimate relationship. Redeemer. Jesus Christ is the essential Savior and Redeemer whose atoning sacrifice is the means ordained by God to now rescue mankind from sin and death. Our salvation depends on knowing, confessing, and worshiping Christ. All mankind were in a lost and in a fallen state, and ever would be saved they should rely on this Redeemer. 1 Nephi 3, paragraph 2. Rock of Heaven. And the Lord said, Blessed is he through whose seed Messiah shall come, for he says, I am the Messiah, the King of Zion, the Rock of Heaven, which is broad as eternity, Genesis 4, paragraph 20. Savior. This title comes from the old French word sauve, meaning keep safe, protect, or redeem. And the Latin salver, meaning make safe or secure. And is a translation of the Greek word. Sotir which means Savior, Deliverer, the one who extends salvation. The Father's testimony is that our salvation comes through Christ. For us the Father has provided a Savior. If we repent, we can come back into the presence of God and enter into our salvation and exaltation. But it is through the means provided for us, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The doctrine of Christ is what the Father ordained as the means for salvation. Anyone who interferes with the process or offers another means for salvation cannot deliver. See Mosiah 1, paragraph 16. Whether it is an institution or an individual, no one other than Christ can save. Hence his title as Savior. Son Amen. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. CTNC 75, paragraphs 3 to 4, and the testimony of St. John. Son of God. An acknowledged status meaning one has been accepted by God into his family. CTNC 18, paragraph 1. The Son of God is Jesus Christ. See Joseph Smith History, part 14, paragraph 17. Christ was called the Son of God because he received not the fullness at first. He was called to be the Son of God because that was not who he was before the call. He had to first qualify to be called, as all must do. It should be self-evident, he received not the fullness at first. After being called the Son of God, it would still be a great while before he condescended to redeem. See the testimony of St. John 12, paragraph 10 and TNC 93, paragraph 4. Son of Man Jesus Christ refers to himself as the Son of Man, the Son of the Man of Holiness, as well as Son Amen. See Genesis 4, paragraphs 9, 15, 19, and 21-23, chapter 7, paragraphs 23-24, Matthew 11, paragraph 9, testimony of St. John 5, paragraph 19, chapter 6, paragraph 16, and chapter 9, paragraphs 3-4. Spirit of Truth. A formal name for Christ. See Spirit of Truth. Walker in the Path. Now therefore, know that Jesus is the Messiah, 
the walker in the path who has proven forevermore that Father Amen sent him into the world to prove his father's path, testimony of St. John 12, paragraph 21. Word, the. Therefore, in the beginning the Word was, for he was the Word, even the messenger of salvation, the light and the redeemer of the world, the spirit of truth, who came into the world because the world was made by him, and in him was the life of men and the light of men. Teen C 93, Paragraph 2, and Testimony of St. John 12, Paragraph 8. Living by every word which proceeded from his Father, Christ personified the Father's teachings and literally became the Word of God. Yahweh. Lord, Jehovah. Also spelled Y-H-W-H without vowels, which was too holy to voice. As a result, Adonai is often substituted. In prayer and conversation, modern Jewish culture will substitute Hashem, the name, for Adonai. In most English translations, Yahweh is translated as Lord or God in small capitals. It is the most personal name that God gives himself in the Old Testament. See also the glossary entry, Jehovah.